Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Surrounding the same event. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love the royals. Me too. I mean, you have a you have a picture of Queen Elizabeth on your wall. I do. <laughs> so you love the royals probably more than I love the royals. <laughs> I mean, I love free stuff from our local MP. That's what I really love. <laughs> I love throwing my weight around and being like, I'm a member of the Commonwealth and I would like a photo of the Queen. Thank you. And they're like, okay, guess we have to. And so she did, and now <laughs> she has. <laughs> but we are talking about one specific royal today. If you haven't looked at the episode title yet, we're talking about Princess Diana, the people's princess. It's so very sad. <laughs> it's so very sad. I'm going to like try and have her history as succinct as possible because this theory is a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Do you remember... The princess, when Princess Di died? Yes. I definitely do. Uh, I think that was the first big public mourning yes. that I, like, it was Knew Princess of. Di yeah. and Steve Irwin. Like, they're the kind <laughs> And that's of, years apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember, I, I, I think I will always remember seeing her hearse rolling out yeah. of, um, of the gates. And the, just the amount of flowers and the people that lined the streets, like, it yeah. was insane. It was the, like, image of the car crash. Like, I, even I never, when I see the picture of it, I'm like, that, like, that's the image burned oh, in my Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, crazy. No, I remember the flowers. I mean, well, how old were we? Eight years old? I was seven, you were yeah. eight, yeah. Crazy. I know. Anyway, All let's right. jump into it. Diana Frances Spencer was born on July 1st, 1961 in Sandringham, Norfolk in England. She was the fourth of five children. She has two older sisters, Sarah and Jane, and a younger brother, Charles. Her brother, John, died just after his birth, prior to Diana's birth. Oh, I know, it's sad. I didn't know that. I know. I knew she had sisters, I just didn't know about the brother. Yeah. Devo. Her father was Edward John Spencer Viscount? Viscount? Yes. Althorpe. Uh-oh. Heir to the seventh Earl Spencer, and her mother was Frances Ruth Burke Roach, daughter of the fourth Baron Fermoy. And Viscountess Althorpe. I love royal titles. Uh, just wait till I get to all the French stuff oh, in the theory. Oh. It's gonna be You guys are a gonna have one. to just like skip every 15 seconds while we try and work out how to pronounce anything. <laughs> they divorced, uh, Diana's parents divorced when Diana was seven years old. 
The family lived in Park House, a home rented from Queen Elizabeth II's estate at Sandringham. She grew up playing with Prince Andrew and Prince Edward. In 1975, Diana became Lady Diana Spencer after her father succeeded to the earldom. After her schooling, Lady Di became a nanny and a kindergarten teacher at a fashionable school in Pimlico, uh, which is near Westminster. Um, she met Prince Charles through her sister Sarah while the two were dating. Oh. Yeah, and then so Sarah's like, ah, like I'm the matchmaker. I did that because she was like, I don't want to date Charles. Oh, oh really? <laughs> no, I don't think that's how it went down. I, I feel like there would have been a little argument about that in the family. <laughs> Prince Charles and Diana were 16th cousins once removed, as both are descendant of Tudor King Henry VII. That's fine. Yeah. And had only met a dozen times before getting engaged. I mean, a quick marriage is a There was a few years between them. marriage. <laughs> Lady Diana became the first royal bride ever to have had a paying job until becoming engaged to an heir. She was the first for a lot of things. That's yeah, what I realized she paved the way. It. Her soft demeanor and beauty encouraged the nickname Shy Die, and the media and public took an absolute shine to her. Her wedding dress had the longest royal train ever, and she was the first royal bride to admit obey in her vows and to birth an heir in a hospital instead of a home birth. Dun dun dun! Yeah. Oy, she's a badass. She's a badass. Love her. Diana, Princess of Wales, and consort of Charles, Prince of Wales, became parents to the heir second in line to the British throne, Prince William, heir, Arthur, Philip, Louis of Wales, Duke of Cambridge, <laughs> and Prince Henry, Harry, Charles, Albert, David, Duke of Sussex. I love it all. Me too. I love every single word of that. Give me title. Oh, we should. We can buy titles. I'll look at for your thirty. Okay, great. <laughs> Princess Di was adamant on bringing up the children in a way most royals had not. She took them to McDonald's and amusement parks and the cinemas on public transport, so they had experience that, that experiences that they could share with their friends. She used her status for activism passing this on to her children. Her charm and her fashion icon status kept the paparazzi extremely interested in her and meant they were constantly pursuing her and were so very intrusive. Ooh. In 1992, Princess Di and Prince Charles officially separated and the divorce was finalised in 1996. Although awarded a significant financial settlement, Diana was stripped of her title as Her Royal Highness. Not at the Queen's request. Which I think everyone assumes, mm. because everyone assumes that the Queen didn't like Princess Di. But it was actually of Charles' request. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel he's the, I feel like he the was devil like, in this situation. It has to, like, if she doesn't, if she has the title, then Camilla can't have the title. Correct. I think is where it was Correct. Going. I also think that the Queen is pretty, like, easy breezy beautiful couple yeah. girl about most things. And the Queen was like, she could have the title. Well, the Charles was like, no, she cannot have the title. Like, the yeah. same with the new baby. Yeah. Archie. She's like, yeah, he can have a title when he wants one. He can have the name Archie. That's fine. Yeah. Not Archibald. I know. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on that, but that's... That's a different uh, That's podcast. not fair. Conversation. <laughs> we um, should start a Royals podcast. Oh my goodness. Because we don't have enough already. <laughs> During uh, the separation and the divorce, Diana spoke of her struggle with things like depression and eating disorder and other issues um, by recording tapes to tell her side of the story. These tapes were delivered by a friend to Andrew Morton, a British journalist who had been reporting on the royals for years, and eventually that became a book. 
that he wrote about Diana, which would be a really interesting read. I haven't read it yet. We should read it. But we should read it. On our... On our book reading podcast. <laughs> book reading podcast. <laughs> it's illegal, but great. <laughs> Uh, even after the divorce, Diana, oh, there was lots of other things in there during, like, that came up of infidelity, both of them from both sides, and Camilla obviously came up in that bit too, but I feel like we all know that side of the story. Really feel like Di was the better adulterer there. Yeah, I mean, Dottie was pretty hot compared to Camilla. But also, like, (laughs) the, the person, the bodyguard that Diana had had a relationship with also Mm. mysteriously died. So there's, like, that kind of stuff, too, around it. But that's not the theory that we are talking about today. Uh, even after the divorce, Diana continued to have a high public profile and, and an, at an unprecedented level of popularity for an ex-royal, yeah. essentially. And really a, a royal, royal lady. General. <laughs> and was dubbed the People's Princess. Uh, she can, Her continued activism saw her support such causes as the arts, children's issues, and HIV and AIDS patients. She was uh, the first, uh, what I was reading, is she was the first person to be photographed taking a picture of uh, shaking a HIV patient's hand without a glove on so that she could show people and, like, bring awareness to the fact that everything they thought about HIV was wrong. You can't catch it from him touching. If Uh, they spit in your mouth. And they're a little bloody, maybe. Uh, She also continued to show her children a life outside of privilege by taking Prince William and Prince Harry with her to hospitals, homeless shelters and orphanages. Due to the paparazzi's continued pursuit for a photo of Diana, particularly whilst in Paris in 1997, Di, her companion Dodi Fayed, 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 I can never say that name, I can never say any name, are we? (laughs) And their driver, Honoré Paul, died in a car accident. Some blame the paparazzi. Some blame Henri's blood alcohol level. They're the only theories, Julie. Oh, my, 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 KB. Shall we um, have a little word from our sponsors and I then... I think we should. Yeah. yeah. Hi, my name's Shirley from An Idiot on Stage. Oh, hey there. Did you know I have a self-taping studio in Brisbane? No way. Are we in it right now? We are. Ooh, this place is nice. It's an air-conditioned, soundproof room full of mics, lighting, and backdrops to play with. so it is. Just bring your phone, your camera, or your laptop, and literally plug in and play. Check. I would love you to come and create your podcasts, audition tapes, videos, whatever you can imagine, really. You can check out the details and loads more at anidiotonstage.com.au. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, okay, doing that right now. KB. Yes, Julie. I have literal pages. Literal pages. Of no. Not metaphorical pages. No. Like it's even in the program pages. What? <laughs> no freaking way. Oh my goodness. There are guys, I don't know if you can hear the scrolling, but the scrolling is happening. I'm talking over the scrolling. But there are actual literal pages. <laughs> I don't even know how many pages that is. But we should probably press on. Okay. Because this is going to be a long one. Yeah, it is. So after the death of Princess Di, there was much speculation her death was not in fact an accident. However, official investigations in both Britain and France found that Diana died in a manner consistent with the media reports following the fatal car crash in Paris on the 31st of August, 1997. Mm. All rather convenient, perhaps. 
because the people investigating the reports are also tied to the government. Yes. Somewhat under sovereign control. Yes. Prominent in disputing the official version of the events has been the British newspaper of the Daily Express and Egyptian businessman Mohammed Al-Fayed, whose son, Dotty, was Diana's boyfriend at the time and also died with her in the crash. In 2003, Diana's butler, Paul Burrell, published a note that had been written by Diana in which she had claimed that someone was planning an accident in her car, brake failure and a serious head injury, so that her former husband could marry again. What? Can't he marry again anyway? See, that's what I'm, I'm wondering. When they, like, clearly they're way back when, 16 generations ago or something, yeah. King Henry VIII. He yeah. invented the whole idea of divorce. Yeah. So he could divorce and marry again. Yeah. And he gave all his all his ladies the title of queen. Yes. Yeah. He did. Did he? Anne did Boleyn. He? Queen Anne, no. Anne Boleyn? I don't think it was Maybe queen not. Anne. Let me do, you keep going. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. You need to Google this. But anyway, I'm sure maybe it is that after your divorce they can't take the title. Maybe you have to be widowed. Dun 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 TBA. Uh, they're descendants of Henry VII, not Henry VIII. Oh, Please. boo. But I'm looking up. That's Henry one little VIII. dash too late. Security service connections. It is alleged that the driver of the Mercedes, acting head of the Ritz Security, Henri Paul, was in the pay of the National Security Service. Three different versions of an allegation name the country... Oh, sorry, though... I did, did that all the time. Though different... Uh, I'm so lost. Different versions of the allegation named the country of the security service alternatively as Britain, France, or the United States. Evidence purported to support this arises mainly from money in his possession at the time of his death and his personal wealth. These allegations are covered in Chapter 4 of the Operation, I think it's Paget. Criminal Investigation Report. Mohammed Al-Fayed claims that Henri Paul was working with MI6 and that they set him up. The inquiry found no evidence Henri Paul was an agent for any security service. A lot of the things that will put down these theories will say that the um, the inqu- inquiry found no evidence. Mm. The inquiry found no evidence. Yeah. But if you're trying to cover something up... Yeah. You're probably not going to want to find any Another allegation concerns the reliability of blood tests carried out, which indicate Paul had been drinking before he took the controls of the car. The French investigator's conclusion that Paul was drunk was made on the basis of an analysis of blood samples which was said to contain an alcohol level that, according to Jay's September 97 report, was three times the French legal limit. This initial analysis was challenged by British pathologist hired by Al-Fayed. In response, French authorities carried out a third test, this time using more medically conclusive vitreous fluid from inside the eye, spew, which confirmed that the level of alcohol measured by blood and also showed Paul had been taking antidepressants. Which you probably shouldn't mess with alcohol, just a guess. Um, How are we on the Queen? Everyone was queen consort to queen like of all of the ones of henry the eighth was all queen consort so yes right. queen except for anne of cleves because oh. they hadn't consummated the marriage oh. before the annulment so i was gonna say did we get this was like, his first one right anne of cleves was his 
fourth. Fourth one. Yeah. Wow. Surprised she didn't get a head so, chopped off. Yeah. Instead, for an annulment, like yeah. he must have liked her. <laughs> I think. I think that was it. That's scary. Was it Anne of Cleves? Maybe not an annulment, but she just like she definitely they hadn't consummated the marriage, so she huh. wasn't. Technically well, queen. the rest will cover in our royalty podcast, mm. which, by the way, is going to be great. It's going to say anyway. <laughs> we digress. So what? tell us more. George. More allegations of the MI6 involvement. Richard Tomlinson, a former MI6 officer who was dismissed from the intelligence service and later served five months in prison for breaching the Official Secrets Act. Um, in 1989, claimed in a sworn statement to the French Inquiry in May 1999 that Britain's MI6 had been involved in the crash, suggesting that the security service had documentation which would assist Judge Stephan in his inquiry. The previous August, he had been reported by the BBC to have claimed that Paul was working for the security services and that one of Diana's bodyguards, either Trevor Rees-Jones, now known as Trevor Rees, or Kez Wingfield, was was a contract for the British intelligence. Tomlinson alleged that MI6 was monitoring Diana before her death and had told Muhammad Al-Fayed that Paul was an MI6 agent and that her death mirrored plans he saw in 1992 for the assassination of the then president of Serbia, Slobodan Milosevic, using a strobe light to blind (laughs) him. Julia Eisentrager! Yeah, when there's enough news about the one person, you remember their name. Go. Also, Serbia, Croatia, Turkey, they're kind of like my thing. <laughs> uh. On 13th of February 2008, Tomlinson told the inquest that he may have misremembered and that he had no evidence that Paul was an MI6 agent. So he took it all back. But he had said in the previous day's court session that Paul was supplying MI6 with information. Speaking via video link from France, Tomlinson conceded that after the interval of 16 or 17 years, he could not remember specifically whether the document had been seen during 1992, had in fact proposed the use of a strobe light to cause a traffic accident as means of assassinating Milosevic, although the lights for this purpose had been covered in his MI6 training. Oh my goodness, I'm so confused. So basically Tomlinson (laughs) is saying, hey, when you're in training for MI6, Mm. there is some some little secrets they give out on, like, how you might be able to kill someone and by using a strobe light right. is one of those things. So let's skip it o downy Okay. Well. And I'll cover off why that is of importance. Okay. Da-da-da-da! So an alternative explanation for the crash mm-hmm. has been reports of a bright white flash just before the car entered the tunnel blinding the driver. Now, this is probably one of the most well-known conspiracy theories. And it's not even necessarily conspiracy theory. It is stated as fact for a lot of people. It was found, yeah. Conspiracy theorists. No, there's three three eyewitnesses. I get. And then a lot of government agencies being like, bullshit, don't believe you. That's my government agencies talk, guys. That's the voice. (laughs) After the weekend, yes, it is. (laughs) <laughs> it was found by too soon. It's too soon. I know. It was found by authorities that three eyewitnesses at the scene of the crash claimed to have seen bright flash of light before the accident. Francois Levi made a clear specific claim that he saw a bright flash, but his three statements to authorities were in conflict with each other. Both the French detectives investigating after the crash and later the officers who worked on Operation Paget rejected his evidence. With the Mercedes behind him, he claimed to have seen the flash in his rearview mirror and recounted other elements of what he saw while he was negotiating the difficult bend out of the tunnel. 
Crucially, however, his testimony was directly contradicted by his then wife, who was the passenger in the passenger seat next to him. However, eyewitness Brian Anderson, an American tourist, told detectives that he too saw a bright flash. French police in 1997 were aware of Levistri's conviction on in Rouen during 1989 for dishonesty and his subsequent prison sentence, and he was not thought by them to be a reliable witness. Rude. Really. It has been said a strobe light of the type was alleged to have been used is so powerful that the flash emitted from it would have been bright enough to illuminate a very wide area. Unless you're in a tunnel. Mm. In which case it would be... Condensed. The, the tunnel. It would likely blind not only Paul, but also the driver of the white Fiat Uno, the pursuing paparazzi and witnesses standing at the roadside. The Operation Paget report concluded that the alleged flash did not happen. Hmm. This is where I kind of take issue. You've been on stage while strobe lights have been yes, I have. going off. Yeah. I've been on stage while strobe lights have been going off. Yes, they are bright. Yeah. And it could, if you were, if one was to directly go off in front of your eyes yeah. at short range, yeah. yes, it would blind you. Yeah. But I don't think it would blind people two metres behind you. No. No. I guess I've never, like, had a strobe light go off in my face. It's always come down from above. Above. If it's going off, like, say, if it was to the side of the car rather yeah. than right in front of it. Yeah. If it's to the side of the car quite close to the driver's side, yeah, yeah that would blind the driver, but it wouldn't blind anyone else behind him. Oh, Interesting. Mm. And the government are like, strobe lights are bright. Leave us alone. Strobe lights are really bright. Really interesting liberal voice, eh? Actually. <laughs> Do you claim it to be a liberal voice? Because no. yes. <laughs> strobe lights are really bright. Next theory: relationship <laughs> with Duddy Fade. One of the main motives which has been advanced for the alleged murder <laughs> includes suggestions Diana was pregnant with Dottie Faid's child and the couple were about to get engaged. I don't really like the pregnant bit. Let's scrap from that bit. Okay. But it is part of this theory. Yeah. The alleged dislike of the idea of a non-Christian within the royal British royal family. He wouldn't be within the British royal family, but that's okay. <laughs> meant such a relationship between the mother of the future king and a prominent Egyptian Muslim would not be tolerated. In Muhammad al-Fayed's view, which he repeated in court and at the inquest in February 2008, Prince Philip, the Prince of Wales, Diana's sister as well, and numerous others were involved in a plot to kill the princess and his son. Okay. Jeffrey Steinberg of the Executive Intelligence Review, a publication of the American Lyndon LaRouche movement, has also put forward theories that the Princess of Wales was murdered by the security services under the instruction of Prince Philip. This is legit probably who I'm the most sus on. Prince Philip? Yeah. Yeah. An article in the Daily Telegraph in 1998 reporting... The EIR conspiracy theories alleged earlier links between the EIR and Al-Fayed, whilst Francis Ween... <laughs> I'm like, why are you laughing? And now I know why you're laughing. We're talking about Princess Diane. 
I know, but ween. Move on. Reported the following year that (laughs) Al-Fayed's spokesman had advised journalists to contact Steinberg. Al-Fayed made assertion in television interviews that the couple were going to announce their engagement on the Monday after the accident, the 1st of September, 97. Operation Paget committed that an announcement of such... Commented, by the way. That an announcement of such magnitude from the Princess of Wales would have substantial media event of worldwide interest and would not have required... And would have required significant preparation. She's no longer the Princess of Wales. And they then go on to say that there was no preparation found. However, yes, she is no longer the Princess She's of no Wales. no longer the Princess The paparazzi still did follow her and hound her, but I don't think she would have wanted that engagement to be a worldwide event. No. That is not who she was. No. So, Rapasi said that the ring... Um, had been placed on Diana's finger in Saint-Tropez Hotel and was being resized for future collection in Paris, but admitted to a writer, Martin Gregory, that he had received legal papers from Al-Fayed, a client of more than 20 years. Al-Fayed said the couple chose the ring in Monte Carlo and Dottie had picked it up in Paris the day before he died, after it had been altered. So, it was all just a little... Yeah, look. This is probably the theory I most remember. Me too. Like, even as an eight-year-old. Like, Princess Di died because she was having an affair. Because I I didn't realise they had gotten divorced at that point. Yeah, because I was too young to understand what that meant. So, yeah. I had thought for a very long time that it wasn't an accident, even as a child. Which must have been coming from somewhere. And I don't think it was the news. It was probably my parents being like, she was killed. The news probably mentioned it at some point. Um... They also speak of um, her sister, Sarah, having spoken to Diana on a phone conversation with her on Friday the 29th, and she said that her relationship with Dottie was on rocky grounds, stony grounds. However, again, if she's included in the people that might want Diana gone... Her sister? Yes. Yeah. Her sister! Legitimately, that's part of this conspiracy. Her sister! Let me scroll back up for you. Prince Philip, the Prince of Wales, Diana's sister, Lady Sarah, and numerous others were involved in a plot to kill her. It's interesting because there's a quote from Diana that says that Sarah's the only one that she could trust. All the better to kill you with, my dear. No, I hate that. That makes me so sad. Because sisters are sisters and they should remain sisters and not plot to kill each other if that's the conspiracy. You must have a great relationship with your sister. I really love my sister. Hi. Hi, Rach. What you doing? Yeah, you want to call me sometime? Ooh, no, shit. Okay. No, I actually talked to like yesterday. <laughs> so, <fine. laughs> um, so, in regards to the pregnancy, in January 2004, <laughs> the former coroner of the Queen's household, Dr. John Burton, said in an interview with the Times that he had attended a post-mortem examination of the princess's body at Fulham Mortuary, oh, where he, he personally examined her womb and found that there was no she's pregnancy. She was not pregnant. Yeah. Interesting. He also yeah. was saying this seven years after it occurred. Correct. A lot of it is many years after it occurred. Mm. Like, a lot. Mm. I don't know whether people felt pressure to remain silent mm. or what mm. is going on. Anyway, so there's an awesome repush of her. You're welcome. Hello to 
this podcast. If you guys hadn't already realized, <laughs> it's a night time recording. It's a night time recording. <laughs> and I'm also not well. Yeah, so. she's not well, guys. Forgive her. Got a parasite living inside me. True story. It's the next conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like alien. No, what is it? What's the one where like the thing bursts out of her? Haven't seen any of those okay. movies. Let's call it alien and be corrected. Okay. Guys, we're on. Let us know. Moving on. Moving on. Tangent Central. There today. is also a severe absence of CCTV images. For um, So they did a little county. They did a little head count of the CCTV um, cameras. There was 14 en route mm-hmm. from the Ritz to mm-hmm. the tunnel. Mm-hmm. None of them caught it. None of them caught the car. They were all either privately owned or facing businesses yeah. rather than facing the street. Right. But it's just a bit suspect. The most of the cameras, um, yeah, I forgot what I was saying. That the camera, there's no cameras. There are no photos. There absolutely no photos. So um, that and the ones that were um, controlled by the Paris Urban Traffic Unit, that department closed down at about eleven p.m. and had no night duty officers. Interesting. Is that a normal occurrence? Bullshit to me. <laughs> Maybe in Paris. Oh dear. There is a white Fiat Uno. 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 Analysis of the wreckage of the Mercedes revealed it had glancing contact with a white Fiat Uno. Which, by the way, if you can get that from a, a liquor paint, that is impressive. It is very impressive, Imagine but I guess, like, in in that part of the world, most people drive Fiat. True. So. <laughs> True. Um, which left traces of paint on the Mercedes bodyworks. Extensive attempts by the French police to find the vehicle involved were unsuccessful. Although no one had seen the Fiat in the tunnel, some witnesses reported seeing an Uno exiting the tunnel. Hmm. Magic Uno. Time travelling Uno. Oh my goodness. Oh crap. No, don't bring that. We're not making up our own theories this week, Julie, which is really another. That is one. We'll just cover it off during time travel instead. Mohammed Al Fayed alleged in his July 2005 statement to Operation Paget. By the way, kudos to you, Mohammed, for really wanting to know the truth behind why your son died. Yeah. Well done. You've been a, just a good dad, a dedicated yeah. dad. Um, and at other times, that the white Fiat Uno was being used by MI6 as a means of causing the Mercedes to swerve and thereby crash into the side of the tunnel. Al Fayed further alleged that the Fiat Uno was owned by a French photojournalist named Jean Paul James Anderson. That's Anderson. a big name. Oh, <laughs> you're the worst. A security services agent, according to Faid, who ph- photographed Diana while she was at his villa in Saint-Tropez in July 97. I remember hearing bits of that one too. Like, that one's not unfamiliar to me. I think that's because, again, someone cited it yeah. coming out of the tunnel. Yeah. Seatbelt. There was some media discussion in April 2006 suggesting that Diana was a faithful seatbelt user and therefore the fact that both her and Dodie's seatbelts either failed or were not in use was sinister and might suggest sabotage. Her sister lady Sarah, whose last name I can't say and that's why I've not been saying it, Mm. later said that Diana was religious in putting on her seatbelt. Other sources questioned if she did in fact use her seatbelt at all times, as was suggested. 
What is certain is that she was not wearing a seatbelt and this made things worse. We would like to think that if she had been wearing her seatbelt, we'd have been able to save her, said Professor André Leinhardt, who reviewed the emergency services response for the French government investigation. Hmm. That's sad to think a seatbelt could have saved a life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we know that. We know that already. Still sad. But, yeah, one little thing can change a whole lot of things. So here is another... Oh my goodness, there's so many. ...super dodgy one. Okay. Transportation to the hospital. Ooh. Da, da, da. Ooh. Okay. Scary but true. Transportation to the hospital. Mm-hmm. The first call to the emergency service switchboard was logged at 12.26am. The SAMU ambulance carrying the princess arrived at, <laughs> at the, the hospital. hospital. <laughs> Let's call it the PS hospital, because there's no way in hell I can say petite celle petite papa At 2.06 a.m. Apologies to any of our French listeners. Just tell us the name. Don't throw shade, just tell us the name. This length of time has promoted much conspiracy-related comment. <laughs> I can't even. It's so late. You're doing so well. It's a whole 7 p.m. Oh, my goodness. How are we coping? I don't know. So over bed. <laughs> I've only had three naps today. She's not well, guys. <laughs> the period between the crash and the arrival at the hospital needs to take into account the following. The time for emergency services to arrive, the time taken by the Sapiris Pompier or fire service of Paris to remove Diana from the damaged car, and the actual journey time from the crash site to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Police officer, let's call him Sebastian, oh, that is his and name. Lino, Dorsey, <laughs> and I cannot say Gagliadorn. There we go! <laughs> it's close to a pastor I like. We (laughs) were the first emergency officials to arrive at the scene at around 12.30am. Sergeants Xavier and Philippe of the Sepiers Pompier arrive at around 12.32am and Dr. Jean-Marc Martino, a specialist in anaesthetics and intensive care treatment and the doctor in charge of the SAMU ambulance arrived at around 12.40am. Diana was removed from the car at 1am and she went into cardiac arrest. Following external cardiopulmonary resuscitation, her heart started beating again and she was moved to the SAMU ambulance at 1.18am. The ambulance departed the crash scene at 1.41am. That's a whole 23 minutes after. Yep. And arrived at hospital at 2.06am. What? A journey time of approximately 26 minutes. It's a long time, guys. This included a stop at the Gare de Hostiles ordered by Dr. Martino because of the drop in blood pressure of the Princess of Wales and the necessity to deal with it. The ambulance was travelling slowly on his express instructions. The doctor was concerned about Diana's blood pressure and the effects of her medical condition on the deceleration and acceleration. Because she sat in an ambulance for 20 minutes. She sat in an ambulance for 20 minutes and also... Don't you think? Just get to the Ding Dang Hospital. Yeah. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I need to talk to my friend. That's a doctor. I probably should have done this before. Yeah, probably. But how much could the deceleration and acceleration of an ambulance 
cause the heart to I go feel like up and going down. At constant speed, which feel, you should yeah, be doing. Constant speed, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, the SAMU ambulance carrying Diana past the Hotel yeah. Du Hospital on route to the PS Hospital. The decision to transfer her to the PS Hospital was taken by Dr. Marc Leger, who was on dispatch duty in the SAMU control on that night, in consultation with Dr. DeRossi, who was at the scene. So they went, don't go to the close one, go to the slightly further away one. Reasoning being that the slightly further away one had the hospital staff and the intensive care people to look after Diana more effectively. If you are the ex-princess, do you not think you get her to the closest hospital and those other people will be transferred over? Yeah. I mean, that's us in our logical thinking brains. This is also us with absolutely no idea of what medical equipment would have also needed to be transferred. And this is also us, like, 20 years later. (laughs) But also, why would we not have... Especially if her blood pressure was dropping, would your first priority not be to get her to a hospital? Just to stabilise her. And stabilise her. But again, we don't know what that means. I know, we really need to We watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy... But that doesn't mean we're experts. I work at a hospital, but I'm not medical staff. That doesn't mean that we're experts. Anyway, the PS Hospital was the main reception centre for multiple trauma patients in Paris. The Hotel DU was not equipped to deal with the injuries. I, mm, I'm still calling BS on it. Yeah, that one, I think that theory makes me like question all the things I thought before. Oh, Yeah. It's a dirty one. It is a dirty one. That they stopped the ambulance as well. Yeah. And apparently, this is something I had, I remember from watching a YouTube video once, but I can't find the YouTube video again. Suspicious. It's been taken down. There was four minutes when they stopped. Four minutes to get to the hospital. Yeah, that's weird. Now I'm suspect. (laughs) Embalming of the body. Oh, no. This is your last one, guys. It's okay. Oh, no. It's okay. Muhammad al-Fayed alleged that Diana's body was deliberately embalmed shortly after her death to ensure that any pregnancy test at the postmortem would produce a false result. Mm. Operation Paget found that 31 August 97 was a very hot day in Paris. This makes me really sad reading this, by the way, because I yeah. just think of her children. Diana's body had been stored in an empty room adjacent to the emergency room where she had been treated at the PS hospital, as the mortuary was on the other side of the hospital grounds and some distance away. Dry ice and air conditioning units were placed in the room to keep it cool, but it appeared to have little success. Diana's two sisters and Prince Charles were scheduled to view the body later that afternoon before bringing it back to the United Kingdom. President Jacques Chirac and his wife also wished to pay their respects. This meant that there was very little time to prepare the body for viewing, and it was clearly unacceptable to present Diana's body to her family and the President of France in the state that it was in. Faced with this situation, the hospital staff decided to press ahead with embalming with only verbal authority from Madame Martine Montiel, the local superintendent of the police, who assured Jean-Marcou... Monkey, I don't know, French words, that everything would be in order. Under French law, paperwork must be completed before undertaking the embalming of any corpse likely to be subjected to a post-mortem. This paperwork was completed, but only after the embalming had been carried out, giving rise to the allegations of suspicious circumstances. <sighs> Guys, there haven't really been a lot of 
conspiracy. Well, I don't think there's been a single conspiracy theory this season that I have agreed with. But I no, think I don't that think so. you have slowly started to convince me today, Julie, that <laughs> maybe, just maybe, there was some foul play. Yeah. And this... I didn't want to think that of the royal family, because I do. But I is like it the royal them. family? It, maybe not. It could be the government. Could be. They could disagree with potentially the amount of aid she was giving overseas. Maybe. And the exposure that she was giving to patients with things like HIV and AIDS in a time that That's true. it was a very big, touchy subject. touchy subject. And who knows? Maybe they were working on things behind the scenes and they didn't particularly want a princess or ex-princess and an Egyptian Muslim yeah. man to stir things up. She had children. She did have children. And that makes it just really sad, if that's the case. Actually, the image of Prince William and Prince Henry. Harry. It is technically Henry. It is Henry. But Harry. Hmm. I don't know if I could see him as a Henry after seeing him as a Harry our entire life. Anyway, keep going. For so long, that image of them crying at their mother's funeral. And they were definitely old enough to understand. They were old enough to understand. And I don't see that they have a particularly close relationship with their father as much Mm. as they honour their mother's memory. Mm. It's interesting. It is. Guys, it's making me sad thinking about it. And this has been the longest episode so far. Yeah, we're hitting 40-ish minutes. So if you want to let us know what you think, this one has me stumped. Like, I'm leaning more towards the maybe. Something. Something. Um, but let us know what you think via our Facebook page at Elvis Lives Podcast or send us an email at ElvisLivesPodcast at gmail.com or rate, review, and subscribe us via your favourite podcatcher. If you are listening on Spotify, that just means give us another listen and tell all yeah. your friends to listen. And listen again. And listen as Fall many times as you to like. Elvis Lives Podcast. Yeah, why I not? I mean, it's a good time. Let it run during the night. <laughs> You'll wake up being like, why do I have so many weird dreams and who are those voices? (laughs) Um, But until then, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Guys, stop what you are doing. I've had an idea. Is this about the Queen's Purse again? About what it would be like to watch two movies at the same time? No, no, no. I've just been thinking, what if Menante's dad was a spy? Recently, that has been more of a fair question. Well, it is a question we can answer on our podcast, Majorly Distracted. Listen now on Spotify and iTunes. Tune in. 